welcome to the Get to the Point podcast, a podcast for busy women who want to have real conversations about fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle, but without rambling or wasting time. Let's get to the point. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 36 of the Get to the Point podcast. This episode is so long overdue, it's not even funny. The topic we're gonna cover today, I can't even believe we have not done a podcast about this yet. And I have two of my favorite people in the whole world on the podcast with me today because they are also equally passionate and obsessed with this topic like I am. So I'm gonna throw it over to two of our Fat Loss Lifestyle School coaches who are joining me on the podcast today. I've got Kelly Erickson joining us from Florida and Jen Lucas joining us from Tennessee. Kelly, go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone and then uh, Jen will kick it over to you. Um, hello, I am uh, in the Tampa Bay area or as we're saying right now, Champa Bay. Yeah. <laughs> After the Bucks <laughs> won the Super Bowl. Um, and I have been in the fitness industry for almost 15 years now. So I have teach group fitness I'm a Les Mills uh, instructor as well as freestyle instructor and personal trainer and also a high school swim coach. Awesome. Jen, what about you? What's your deal? What's your background? What's my deal? That's a good question. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. Um, so I have also been in the fitness industry a little while. Um, I first got started back in 2009. So I'm at about the 12 year mark. Um, I am a Les Mills instructor, Les Mills trainer as well. I'm also a CrossFit level one trainer and personal trainer. And I also have a background in kinesiology. That's what I studied in college. So if there was ever a topic for me to nerd out about, it's going to be this one. <laughs> yeah. So this whole podcast episode is about group fitness. And honestly, the three of us would not have even met if it weren't for group fitness. This is how we met online. Um, I think, you know, through social media, through my blog, I think that's how we all got connected originally. Um, and then ended up working together in what was then called Fat Loss Cooking School. Um, and now they're on the team. So group fitness is a huge passion of all of ours. It's how we all, I think, got our start in fitness and how we met. So that's the topic of today's podcast and especially how it integrates into a fat loss lifestyle. So Kelly, how did you get started in group fitness? Was that your first foray into working out or was it you know, something that came along later? What was your start like? My start actually was probably high school swimming. So swimming, and that was my first entry into lifting weights. And then I sort of slacked during college, um, put on the freshman 15 and became much more sedentary other than you know the rec sports here and there with the sorority. But when I got out of college, immediately the first job out of school, I looked for a gym to join. And I was in Vero Beach, Florida. I joined this private club called the jungle club. Um, that's where my passion for fitness clothing also, <laughs> uh, the genesis of that. Cause they had this awesome shop, right. As you'd walk in, I'd be like, Oh, that's new. So, um, yeah, that was back in the day of like thong leotards and, um, leg warmers. Yeah. In the late eighties, uh -huh. early nineties. Um, but yeah, I took every aerobics class imaginable, you know, a lot of it back then it was basically high impact aerobics. And then as I moved around um, and then the fitness industry sort of was morphing at that time and I did low impact aerobics and then I, I fell in love with step aerobics. And then um, 
when I was in South Carolina, I started taking body pump when that was kind of new to the US and fell in love with the, the combination of group fitness with lifting and then moved to Florida and continued um, taking classes for, so, you know, it's been years now, a lot of years. <laughs> College yeah. was a long time ago. <laughs> I would love to know if there's photographic evidence of these um, fitness outfits that you used to wear back in Vero Beach. If yeah, well, funny, funny enough, I, I had an 80s themed party that I pulled out a thong leotard for. I'll have to find those. <laughs> yeah. So, Jen, tell us about how you got started in group fitness, because I know you were a college athlete and had a pretty serious athletic background. Where does group fitness fit into your picture? Yeah. So I have a long history of being active and, um, sport and exercise. It, it really started when I was little, I started playing organized basketball at 10 years old. Um, loved the group aspect of sport and dabbled in some individual sports, but the, you know, the team aspect was always what drew me back. Um, so basically I did go to college. I was a thrower. I threw the shot put discus javelin and hammer throw for William and Mary. So that was, um, sort of my first run with like, we called it being a professional athlete. Cause we lived and breathed it. Obviously we were students first and our coach prioritized school, but um, you know, we were in the weight room four days a week, we were practicing five days a week. And so living and breathing sports, that being said, after four years of that, and not really having a choice, so to speak, I got really burned out on it and took about six months off. So here's me coming out of college as an athlete. And then now six months of sitting behind a desk in a desk job. And as you can imagine that change, my body just felt wrecked because I was so sedentary um, and I realized that, that I felt terrible. I had gained a little bit of weight and I knew I just needed to start exercising again. So I joined our local gold's gym and, um, tried to work out on my own, but again, the group, you know, the group aspect was still tugging on me and I ended up taking a body pump class similar to Kelly. And the rest is how we say history. Cause I fell in love with it. It was fun and I could, um, experience lifting weights and it didn't hurt. So my body was much happier in that, in that setting and that range of motion and all those things. So that's where it started. Um, and then it, you know, yeah, just haven't turned back since. <laughs> it's funny how you guys both had such an earlier start than I did because in high school and college, I was doing speech, debate, theater, all that stuff, not athletic at all didn't happen for me to like my mid 20s and oddly enough body pump was the thing also that that clicked for me and made me finally um want to start working out because i i was not a fan of pe class i was never into sports not athletic at all so yeah body pump was the like the the first thing that was like oh my gosh this is actually fun i like this so yeah it's cool that we all kind of got our start there well what? to be fair i will say i was like the nerd um very sedentary couch uh -huh. potato growing up but swimming I, I could do swimming and that was you know where i found my things so you know it's never too late you can always jump in at any point in life and you know for me growing up in a house where sports were not really a thing mm -hmm. and i'm still not that coordinated <laughs> <laughs> I tell people all the time, like if I can do like step and stuff, anybody can. Kelly, how did you make the decision to transition from just taking classes to teaching classes? Cause that's a big jump. Uh, you know, 
it always was like in the back of my mind when I was taking classes, I always kind of had this thing like, this would be kind of fun to do. And I think I could do this, but I wasn't bold enough to take that step. And uh, here in Florida, there was a girl, one of the instructors at the Y where I was, who um, we'd, we'd talked a lot before and after classes. And then one day she called me and she said, look, they need instructors at the Y and you would be great at it. And so back then we didn't have any Les Mills programs at our Y and they needed somebody to teach what I think we called uh, power sculpting or I don't know, something. It was essentially a freestyle version of body pump. And I was like, okay. So I talked to the, the manager and I got hired and I started with that one class and one class became eventually like too many classes um, because <laughs> we'll I jumped in. Minute, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I jumped into sub every opportunity I had. I, I learned new formats and um, just kept going, kept going. Jen, what about you? What was your transition from participant to the front of the room? For me, oddly enough, it was not body pump, actually. It was uh, spinning, so indoor cycling. Um, I, we were out living in Colorado. I was newly married, and it kind of became the thing that I really look forward to is going to these spin classes on post at, um, it was at Fort Carson at the time. And the instructor, I will never forget this, but after a couple months of going to class, she came to me and said, hey, you know, I've noticed you're here all the time. Your technique is actually better than mine. Have you ever thought about teaching this? And she kind of took me off guard, but it was the same kind of situation as what Kelly was talking about, where I kind of had that in the back of my mind, like this might be really fun to teach one day. I don't know if I'd be good at it. And that comment that she made to me was just, you know, the, the, the motivation and the, the, the inspiration to get me there. And then, you know, in the next breath, she's like, and by the way, there's a training at the Broadmoor next month, you should go. <laughs> and so I did, and I got certified. Um, and I'll never forget getting on the bike for the first time. I literally had no clue what I was doing. Absolutely no clue. <laughs> I had my <laughs> playlist and that was about it. Um, so I, fortunately there was a mentor there who I got to team teach with a lot and kind of learn the ropes. So for me, it was indoor cycling. And like Kelly mentioned, it then turned into teaching too much, teaching mm -hmm. like upwards of six, eight, 10 classes a week because I was new and I loved it and I was hungry for it. And I just loved being on the bike. And so kind of snowballed into that, but I know that's a topic we're going to get to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think everybody who gets into teaching group fitness, like, uh, we all have that. This is awesome. I want to do this all the time. I'll say yes to every subbing opportunity, but really that's how you get good. When you start out, like if you only teach one time a week, it's going to take you forever to get good at your craft. So yeah, you do say, say yes a lot and you probably teach way more than you should. But I know for me, at least I'm kind of glad I did that starting out because that's, that's how you get your confidence and how you get those reps and get good. But Jen, when you were in that kind of newbie phase of being a new instructor, I'm assuming, you know, in addition to all of the, the positive things that you got from teaching the class, you were also noticing changes in your own body. What was that like for you? What kind of things did you start to experience personally when you became an instructor with your fitness level, your energy, your body composition, et cetera? I would say initially, initially, Keyword. Star, <laughs> asterisk, <laughs> I got some really great results. And I think the biggest results I saw because it was cycling was in my lower body. So my legs got really trim. They got really muscular. Um, you know, I dropped a few pant sizes. And so that was that initial 
change. And in my mind, I'm like, Ooh, this is amazing. My legs are getting super lean and muscular. I love this. Um, and then after a little while, it, it backfired because I was doing so much of it. And I ended up going in the opposite direction, which, you know, we're going to talk about, I know I keep saying that, but, (laughs) um, yeah, that was what changed initially for me. And I, it was mostly in my lower body because I was on the bike all the time. Yeah. Kelly, for you, what kind of initial changes did you see when you became a fitness professional and were teaching all the time? It was probably pretty exciting at first, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I went from teaching that, that freestyle weightlifting class to learning how to teach step and teaching, uh, you know, everything. And yeah, I, I was 50 pounds heavier when I first started, um, working out and then not, I had lost a little bit by the time I started teaching, but I will never forget, we had, um, you know, the why is a charity. So we have our annual campaign. And one of the ladies there was making these like poodle skirts for all the group X instructors to wear oh for the God. big kickoff. Yeah, it was a 50s theme kickoff. And I remember her saying to me, and I still am, my mind is blown that she would actually say this to someone. I always think of you as our largest fitness instructor. And I was mortified, mortified. Um, I will never forget that. But so I had some weight to lose. And of course, as I started teaching more, I started losing weight. And, um, you know, it was good, but I always would look at exercise as I'm going to eat whatever I want because I'm working out enough and I'm working out to pay. Basically, you're in, you know, air quotes, pay for what. I ate over the weekend or yesterday or, you know, and it was, um, that was always the mindset. Yeah. I remember when I went to body pump training, um, and I remember this because I was also doing Weight Watchers at the time. And when you're doing Weight Watchers, you're always keenly aware of exactly how much you weigh and how many points you can eat and what size clothing you're wearing. So I can remember like to the decimal point, like how much I weighed and my size 12s were getting tight. And then, you know, I started teaching body pump and I started subbing more classes and my clothes like were way too big for me. And I needed to buy new clothes. And I just, I never thought I would see, you know, a size 10 or a size eight, like things were going back in the other direction. So yeah, it's super exciting at first because your body starts responding. And that kind of, I think is why so many of us get into that trap of like more is better. Right. Well, that was, you know, it was something like I remember people saying, oh, you're losing all this weight. And I would go get on the scale and the scale never budged. Like literally it was the same weight for a year, but I went from a size 12 to a size eight. So my body composition was beginning to change then, but the scale wasn't showing me anything, which, you know, it was frustrating. I, I didn't understand as much as I know now about body composition and looking at other things, but I try to tell people all the time, if you're starting to exercise, especially if you're adding weights, the scale may not tell you the whole story. Totally. Yeah. I think we've all had to learn that lesson the hard way. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Kelly, talk a little bit about what, what happened for you when you were teaching too many classes and kind of what made you finally decide to leave the group fitness room and start training on your own. And then Jen, I would love to hear your answer on this as well. Um, COVID was a, was a help for me in this area. I, you know, I had, I cut back a little bit, you know, I think at one point I had like 11 classes and I just, I had decided to cut some, 
Um, I taught cycling also. And when I got certified in Les Mills Body Pump, I was teaching cycling right before it. And all of a sudden, you know, we're being told to lift um, role model weight. And I realized I couldn't do cycling and lift role model weight right after that. So I cut that class. But then with COVID, it really caused me to step back last year and go, okay, when we do go back in to the why, do I want to be teaching all seven classes or eight classes that I had? And no. And so that freed up time because my concern was always teaching all my classes, but then going out and lifting on top of that, your body can only take so much. And, um, you know, I'm not 20 years old, so (laughs) I need more time to recover. So COVID helped. And Mm -hmm. I, I cut back to like five classes a week and, um, it, it really has been awesome to have time on my own to go lift and I'm seeing new, new gains in the muscle, which is phenomenal. Yeah. You know, I, I, I was seeing that stuff before, but now even more so. And those are hard to come by when you've been training for a really long time. You know, yeah. like, the longer you've been exercising, the harder it is to see those changes in your body. So it's cool that, you know, changing up your training has definitely shifted your results. Jen, how did you, you know, kind of make the decision to start adding your own training back in outside of classes? Like, what was that like for you? So I think um, sort of it it was a progression. So what I had to do first was understand that I was teaching way too many cardio classes in a week. And I was starting to have sleep disruptions. I was retaining and even gaining body fat. And I realized like, hey, this is not working anymore. More spin classes seems to not be the answer. And that's when I started adding in consistently body pump and adding in weight training. And then all of a sudden, all of those negative things flipped and I started going back in the other direction again, which is exactly what I wanted. Um, So I did that for a few years. And then um, we probably have a lot of listeners who may not understand what a role of a Les Mills trainer is. So I became a Les Mills trainer. And all that means is the ability to train new instructors to teach the programs. Once I became, once I sort of took that leap into quote unquote, the next step, I realized, Hey, I need to, you know, I'm a bit of a a role model now, and I need to deepen my knowledge and deepen my understanding of these programs. And at that time I ended up getting a road bike and getting more into understanding more about cycling, like outdoor cycling. And I joined a CrossFit gym because I wanted to learn more about weightlifting and more about, um, the inspiration for body pump and understand what lifting with a barbell feels like. So that was sort of why I initially made that jump. I started doing CrossFit back in 2016. Um, and I also knew that I, I wanted to make some physical gains and, and I needed to start getting a little bit more specific in how I was training in order to, to achieve those goals. And so that's what sort of took me out of the studio and into a different environment. So both of you guys, it sounds like initially you started out very, very heavy in group fitness classes, started to see some negative side effects, and then had to readjust and dial things back. And how do you manage that now? Like Kelly, what's your, you know, if you were describing to someone like what your week looks like now, like how many times are you lifting weights on your own, um, you know, to see the kinds of results that you're getting? Are you still doing body pump in addition to lifting on the weight room floor? Like how, how does that fit? Yeah, I, I, I have one body pump class now on the schedule. And sometimes I teach too, if I fill in, we have a firefighter, um, (laughs) firefighter EMT who I teach with. And 
So because of her schedule, I teach her class sometimes. Um, those weeks, then I lift on my own once. And if I don't teach two body pumps, then I'll get out there. And so I count body pump as, you know, that's a lifting class. And then two more other times. Um, plus I also teach body flow and I teach, um, I do that a couple of times a week, which is great recovery and then a mixed kind of cardio and strength. And I still have, believe it or not, a step class that I teach. Yeah. Yeah. People love step still, but I think that extra, that lifting and training on our own as instructors makes us better instructors. We get stronger, but you also, like Jen touched on, you understand more the, the movement and the exercises, especially when it's a class that involves lifting. You can speak a little bit more to the class as a whole about what things are supposed to feel like and look like. Yeah, I think that was a cool thing that I experienced because my, my foray into fitness was body pump and I didn't have any weightlifting experience prior to that. And I eventually became a personal trainer and it was cool to see how body pump prepared me to be a personal trainer, but personal training also made me a better body pump instructor. So they they kind of go hand in hand. And like Jen said, there's something to be said for learning more about the inspiration behind what you're teaching in a group setting. And like, for me, that was martial arts and weightlifting for her. It was cycling and weightlifting or whatever. But um, Jen, what does it look like for you now? How do you balance your CrossFit and, and, um, the, the RPM and sprint things that you still do for Les Mills with group fitness. So again, another story, another journey here. (laughs) When I first started CrossFit, like Kelly said, I was, I added it on top of teaching six, seven, eight group fitness classes a week. And again, I got into a situation where it was too much and I was overtraining and I was tired and I had to pump the brakes again and be like, you're doing too much. And so what I have learned to do is to find balance between the two. And I think there's a lot of um, play in CrossFit with the, um, the workouts and how you can work with a coach to help you modify things to your needs. So now I teach four classes, four, is it four? Yes, four classes a week, less Mills classes. So I teach one body pump, two sprint and one RPM each week. And based on, so my, my head coach at my CrossFit gym does all of our programming, which is fantastic. And if it's a day that has a little bit of cardio or in CrossFit, we call it monostructural training. I'll often either skip that day or just focus on weightlifting, or I'll go in and swap out a movement. So if it's running, I'll do something that's more gymnastic or weightlifting focus. Um, that way I'm not continuing to hit the cardio horse over the head or, you know, how, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I kind of just look at my week, look at what the programming is and make sure that I'm not training too much in one modality, usually cardio, because I get most of that from my cycling classes that I teach. And you also just love running. Am I right? I see you post about that all the time. I hate hate running. Running, You'll never catch me running. (laughs) Well, occasionally, occasionally I'll run, but it's usually 400 meters or less at any one time. (laughs) From your Instagram post, it looks like you're pretty much like, oh, there's running in today's workout. I'm heading back home. Thanks. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, if my coach, if my CrossFit coach is listening to this, he's going to laugh because that's basically how it goes. <laughs> that's basically how it works. See you guys tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Yeah. yeah. 
So Jen, I love something that you said just in our January session of Fat Loss Lifestyle School. During For those of you that don't know, if you haven't done our program yet, week three is workout week, which in case you can't tell, we're huge nerds. We love working out. We love teaching other people how to start working out and how to work out smarter. So that's really what we're doing in week three of our program. And Jen, with her background in kinesiology and, and CrossFit and lifting and all these things, has a really cool perspective on this. And Jen, you talked about how exercise is prescriptive. And a lot of people don't understand this because they just do it for fun or as a hobby. Like they don't really have the education background to understand that just doing something, just doing random exercise isn't necessarily going to get you leaner or help you build muscle or improve your body composition. Can you just speak to that and help people kind of understand why if you have a specific goal, you need to have a training plan to match that. I could literally talk about this all day long. This is an episode. <laughs> yeah, I literally, you should see the notes I took on this, this one question. So I will, I'll try to sort of give high level overview, but um, I, I literally in college took a class called exercise prescription. And the biggest thing that stuck with me from that is exercise is prescriptive, meaning if you fall in a certain category, like if you are pregnant or if you are type you know, if you have diabetes or if you have a heart problem, like if you have these certain conditions, your exercise needs to be prescriptive based on those conditions. If you have specific goals in mind, for example, if you want to learn how to run a marathon, or if you want to set the world record in the deadlift, these are two very different goals. And so, you know, to get people to really understand this, I say, think about those two athletes, think about your female world record holder in a marathon and think about your female world record holder in the deadlift. I can guarantee you that that record holder in the deadlift is not running too many marathons. And that marathoner is probably not deadlifting more than you know a certain amount of weight because bulky muscles are gonna slow her down in her races. So you know these two athletes, and this is obviously an extreme example, but if I have the goal of getting a massive deadlift, I need to be training in a way that's gonna help me get reach that goal. So it's no different when it comes down to body composition change, fat loss, um, you know, competitive things. Like if you want to run half marathons, if you want to be great at that, then take it, take one section, take one piece out of your year and train for that half marathon. And the rest of the time don't, you know, like if your goal is fat loss. And, and I think for the, the biggest thing that our clients at fat loss lifestyle school who have the goal of fat loss need to understand is that when you're in a caloric deficit, your body is going to burn. It's going to burn muscle. It's going to burn fat. And our goal with strength training is that it, when you're stimulating muscle growth, that's going to prevent the body from burning muscle. So if, when you're, if you're, if you're in a caloric deficit, if you're working with us, if you're working with other trainers, keep in mind, you've got to do strength training or your body's going to burn up muscle. So a lot of times our clients will say, I want to have, I, you know, I want to lose fat and I want to build, I want to have muscle. And so in order to do that, you have to do strength training. Like there's really not a way around it. And I see it all the time when people ask, well, what about some body weight exercises I could do? Or I had these five pound dumbbells. What can I do with that? Well, there's a million and one different exercises that you can do with using your body weight. But what I will tell you is you're limited by the weight of your body and moving that body weight. You're going to bottom out and you're going to, you're going to, you, you might get stronger from doing that, of course, but it's very, very limited and the gains that you can make in strength. 
so I'm trying not to ramble on about this topic because <laughs> I could continue to talk all day, but basically if your goal is fat loss, you have to lift weights in order to maintain muscle mass. And you have to use a specific protocol in order to reach your specific goals. So if I have a client who says, I want to get stronger and they say, but I, I'm only, I only have five pound dumbbells in my body weight, but I really want to get stronger. And I'm like, well, those two things can't really coexist because you've got to have some sort of resistance, some sort of periodized training plan in order for you to build strength. Like there's just really no way around that. Um, and obviously I, you know, I'm a, I'm a CrossFit trainer. And so I believe in the sort of the CrossFit methodology of how they define fit, how they define fitness and training in a broad range of physical skills from weightlifting to gymnastics. And by gymnastics, I mean, just moving your body. It doesn't have to be flipping up and down. It could just literally be a push up or a squat that's gymnastics. Yeah. Um, so obviously I believe in that methodology, but I also think it's specific. You know, if you want to be better at CrossFit, then you should do more CrossFit. I have that goal because I enjoy doing CrossFit competitions. And so I'm going to do more CrossFit to satisfy that goal. Um, if I had other goals around like just building muscle and just getting stronger, I would obviously need to back off of some of those quote unquote CrossFit modalities and just, just do more traditional strength training, which is why I say that, you know, exercise is prescriptive and exercise is specific because not only does it need to feed our goals, but our body adapts to our training and our body makes gains in the ways that we train it. So if I'm going to be cycling all the time, the adaptive changes that I'm going to get are mostly cardiovascular and in the muscle tissue in my legs, because that's what I'm training. However, if I train the bench press, I'm going to get muscle adaptation in my chest and in the front of my shoulders and my triceps, because those are the muscles that I'm training. So that's why I say the long way around the barn, so to speak that exercise is prescriptive and we do have to be specific in how we prescribe it, how we do it, what we seek out based on our goals. Yeah. Random. What I'm getting here is, um, random workouts are, are going to get you nowhere. Well, it's, it's the same. Does anybody on the planet think somebody's going to become a better golfer by lifting weights and running? No, they, right. they may, they may, if they're already a good golfer, that may help a little, but in order to get good at playing golf, you have to play golf. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's really the same concept. Yeah. And I love Jen that you used the example of running for ha running half marathons. This is something we see time and time again, pop up in fat loss lifestyle school, where we have women sign up for the program and they are training for a half marathon or training for a marathon and they want to lose fat. And it does, they have a really hard time wrapping their brains around the fact that we're telling them you can't run this much if you want to lose fat and improve your body composition, because that style of training is going to chew through muscle. And, you know, if you are an elite level, I'm talking like an Olympian level marathoner, keep in mind, those people look the way they do because their full-time job, literally the way they make their living is running. And there, I follow a lot of them on Instagram, actually, because they fascinate me. Um, one of the Olympian runners that I follow is Emma Coburn, and she has an amazingly, um, you know, lean physique, very muscular, but it's her full-time job, you guys, to run, lift weights, eat, and recover. That is all she does. If you're one of our clients, you probably have a full-time job, and you have a family, and you're trying to, like, where can I fit in this 30-minute workout? So, 
you need to get the biggest bang for your buck. And that's why it's so important that you have a training plan that aligns with your goals and why, you know, just doing something or trying to be a marathon runner and also get lean. Those are like Jen said, like those are two completely different goals and they're going to cannibalize each other. They're going to fight against each other. So yeah. Anything else you guys want to add on this topic? Cause it, this is huge. And I, I think so many people need to hear this. I think it almost, and I, I have the cheat sheet here of topics that we're going to talk about, <laughs> but it, it almost leads into our, you know, the next thing that we're going to cover. And I think that the biggest, and I'm going to go ahead and go there if that's okay, no. but <laughs> that's where I'm on, headed on the same vein. It, it, to me, it's a huge mistake to, for somebody to say, I have this goal it, and think of it this way. So let's say you hired me as your trainer you say, Hey, here's my goal. And I say, okay, cool. This is the type of exercise you're going to want to do in order to reach that goal. And you as the client then turn and say, no, I think I'm just going to keep running all day long, <laughs> like every day. That's what I'm going to do. And I, it, it's like banging my head against the wall because it's like, this is literally like on a muscular cellular, like scientific level of, of why we tell our clients this and why, um, you know, wanting to have a goal and then doing the complete opposite modality. My hands are waving in the air because I don't, <laughs> I don't have words to say here. It's just like, they don't go, they, like they don't compute. It, one yeah. does not equal the other. Hey, I want to build lean muscle, but I'm just going to keep doing studio fitness classes, cardio studio fitness classes. Those two things aren't going to align and they're not, you're not going to get the results that you want by doing this thing over here that you want to keep doing. Well, and I, I think there's still some infer so much lack of information. Um, you know, where where I am, what I see is women and men taking multiple back-to-back -back classes. And they'll they'll go in and they'll do a a hit class and then stay and do a, a body pump class, and then they'll go out and get on the elliptical trainer for 30 minutes or an hour or the treadmill and my mind is blown. I'm like, what are you doing? It, you don't need to do all that. And there's just so much misinformation or lack of information still that people, the message hasn't gotten through yet, that a little bit is better than hours of that. And you're actually shooting yourself in the behind by doing all those extra hours of exercise. Jen, is that something that you see a lot in your in your community? The overtraining and the do do the class and then get on the elliptical and then come back and do another class. A hundred percent. And I and I think I think it's hard because most people think logically, well, I'm getting these results from a class and you know, tangible physical changes, which at the end of the day, I also have to say disclaimer, I believe in these group fitness classes. I think they're great and I still teach them. Absolutely. So they have their time and place, Yeah, but more is not better. And I think the, the problem that I see is, you know, there's back to back to back classes on the schedule and people are like, Ooh, I'm just going to spend a whole morning working out. But the yep. problem is it's too much. It's elevating cortisol and, and throwing their energy, their cravings off the charts because all of a sudden they're tanking and they're not sometimes oftentimes eating to support that sort of training. And I tell people, unless, unless you're specifically training for something that necessitates volume training, 
Meaning, and in my world, if you're going to be a CrossFit competitor, you're going to need some volume training because at competitions you do multiple workouts, Mm -hmm. but for the average, like 99% of the population, that's not even a thing. So like, there's no need to do more and more and more because more is not better. More is just more. Yeah. And I, I think you even said this on Instagram a few weeks ago, Jen just talked about how like your body doesn't care. So often we get sucked into the feels like, but I love it. I love this so much. I just, I want to be here all the time and do all the classes. I don't want to miss my favorite instructor, my favorite class, but everything that we do has an impact on our hormones. And like Jen said, cortisol, um, as women, especially we're very susceptible to this. And this is where we see women, especially as they get into their forties and fifties, they get near menopause. It really starts backfiring. Like it might've worked kind of okay when they started out or when they were in their twenties, but the older you get, the more you try this grinded out mentality of hours and hours and hours of cardio and exercise each week, like you said, if you're shooting yourself in the foot for sure. Well, and, and they get injured. I mean, that's yeah. the other thing I see is, you know, chronic injuries and sign. <laughs> it's a sign, you know, and there's, there's one woman in particular I'm thinking of right now, who's in her mid sixties and avid runner, avid runner has been through for the last three or four years, back and forth with physicians and physical therapists dealing with hip issues, but continues to run and she's like, but I'm running less. I'm only doing 10 Ks. <laughs> like, and I'm, I, you know, it's, it, yes, I get it. I get that, um, you know, group fitness and, and running clubs and that sort of thing. It's social. It's a social yeah. outlet. It's a, a mental break in the day for moms who have little kids at home and need that, I mean, for me, when I was homeschooling my kids, that hour a day to go teach a class or take a class was a godsend. But the, the back-to-back, what I tell them is, okay, so take the class and then a bunch of you who are chatty in class, go take a walk, yeah. <laughs> go get coffee. And, and actually some of them are, which is really encouraging to oh, see, awesome. th- hey, they're doing it, you know, <laughs> instead of taking 14 get classes, get out. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think one thing I always come back to is longevity. And I don't, I, I know it's so easy to get sucked into the, the immediate, but we forget, like, if you really love something, don't you want to be doing it forever? Like Jen said, we love these classes. We believe in these classes and that's why we don't want to kill ourselves and why we need to pace ourselves. And like, I love body combat. I used to like say like, it's my soul work. It's my soulmate workout. (laughs) I'm so dramatic, but like the reason I'm not doing body combat every day anymore is because I love it so much. And I want to still be able to do it when I'm 40 something or 50 something or whatever. So yeah longevity y'all. And I think too, as a instructor, as a group fitness instructor, you can, you can burn out very quickly by trying to teach too many classes. And for me, I have way more enjoyment and way more satisfaction in the classes that I, that I do teach because I had this same mindset in training as I do in coaching. It's quality over quantity. And I get a lot more, a lot more satisfaction when I can sit down, have a couple classes a week, really focus on the people that are in those classes, what they need, what their goals are, building relationships with them. And to me, it's more important to see those, that those smaller number of people progress more and reach their goals and 
have just a more quality experience with them than if I was teaching eight, 10, 12 classes a week, trying to burn out and figure out how I'm going to script something new and keep things fresh where, where, you know, if, when I teach less, it's more enjoyable for me too, because it's more quality, it's more quality coaching, it's more quality relationships. And I find myself when I'm teaching less, I don't feel this sense of burnout happening as much as a coach either. Yeah. I think we've all been been burnt toast and and seeing what happens when you teach too much. It's just, it's unsustainable. So for anybody listening to this, who's, who's maybe starting to like the light bulbs coming on, they're like, okay, okay. I get it. I get it. I maybe need to stop doing 20 classes a week and slow things down and like have a more balanced training schedule. And Kelly, what would you say to someone who is now open to this idea of changing up their exercise and going for more quality than quantity, how would you, you know, what would be your first step to kind of building a a balanced training approach as opposed to just doing stuff? I I think the first thing is, you know, figure out what your goals are. And um, if it is to build a strong looking body and strong feeling body, then you're going to prioritize your strength training. And if you don't know how to do that outside of a classroom, it's well worth spending a little money to hire a personal trainer, either um, one-on-one or get in a small group training where they can teach you exercises and coach you through proper form um, and teach you how to lift. And that is, form for me is the most important thing when you're lifting because it's before you progress to heavier weights, you've got to be able to do them correctly. Otherwise you will injure yourself. It's, it's yeah. not if it's when, so learning how to do everything right. And, you know, spending a little bit of money to get that training and have somebody look at your form. People don't always realize even like in classes when we're like giving cues and, <laughs> you know, pull your shoulders back and soften your knees and they never think it's them. <laughs> She's talking to someone else. Yeah, she can't be talking to me. So it's good to have that trainer eyeball and help you get the right feel and and look in the mirror and see what you're supposed to do. And that's, you know, that's a big start. And um, you don't have to give up your classes. I mean, we all love those group classes and the camaraderie. It's fun. It's fun. And then maybe you swap out one for a lifting session and it doesn't have to be the same one every week if you know if you just can't stand to give up then you know this week it's this class next week it's another yeah and what's what i think everyone needs to know is that even though we are all personal trainers and fitness professionals we all still have coaches and trainers like we don't know everything we can't see everything on our own bodies so we'll periodically work with trainers and coaches to have eyes on us and teach us things that we don't know so you, the coolest thing about fitness, I think is that you can never know it all. Like it's always evolving and it's always changing. And it's like, it's this thing that you can never know it all. There's just endless information and, um, yeah, working with someone is, is is an awesome investment. Jen, what would you say to somebody who's, who's thinking about making this transition and kind of starting to train smarter and not just do more, more, more. I honestly kind of, when I was thinking about this, jotted down the same ideas that Kelly had, and it's really, you know, seek out, educate yourself, seek out knowledge from somebody who understands strength training, who understands periodization, who understands exercise prescription. Um, 
and then be honest with yourself. If you're in a place where you're, um, you know, you're, you're running your body in the ground, you're tired, you're, you feel like you're not, you know, able to, to exercise in the way that you know you can, or you're, you're not sleeping, you know, if you just feel tired and run down, then chances are things are just not working for you. You've got to pull back and you got to reevaluate. Um, and, you know, we've said it in this, in this conversation already, but, you know, your, your body like literally doesn't care just, <laughs> just because you yeah, enjoy yeah. these certain things a lot and you want to do them a lot, like your muscles, your physiology, your recovery, all those things, like they, your body doesn't care. Your body's only reacting to the stimulus that you're giving it. And so you have to step back and say, okay, I need space for the things I love. I still need to, I, I mean, I love cycling. I love the bike. I can't see my life without it because, because of that enjoyment factor. So I do it smart and I just take it in small pieces. And like I said before, if I, you know, if I've got a workout coming up in CrossFit, that's super heavy on the cardio, I'm just not going to go, or I'm going to change it. So that's suiting my needs. And yeah, I'm to the point now where I can look at that and and prescribe those kind of things for myself. But if you're sitting here and you're listening to this and saying, well, I'm not really sure how to do that, mm -hmm. then talk to a coach and talk to a professional and start to educate yourself on some of these things. Cause there's so much good information out there. There's so many resources there's so many professionals who want to help you with this. And maybe scrolling for random workouts on YouTube and Instagram is not the way to do that. Correct. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Every round no. of fat loss lifestyle school in week three, my lead in one of my posts is if you're going to do random workouts, you're going to get random results. So, I mean, yeah, it feels good to kind of, I'm going to go on YouTube or I'm going to go on Instagram and follow this person's live video exercise, like workout of the day. Like that's not wrong. That's not bad in and of itself. But when you're looking at the, the big picture in the grand scheme of things that may not be serving you. Yeah. It's I, not, it, it's not, it's not serving. It's not serving you. Yeah. I think that's <laughs> like, yoga on inst on, on YouTube, go for it. Like it's yoga, you know, it's recovery, but you're probably not going to find a good lifting program by following random YouTube videos. So yeah, that's, you're going to hear us say that over and over again. If you work with us, like you cannot do this, like scroll for today's workout. You are just going to be spinning your wheels forever. Um, Kelly, what drives you to keep training? Like, how do you continue to find, for lack of a better word, the motivation to keep training and pushing yourself and learning and doing new things? Well, when I started lifting weights for the very first time when I was 14, 15 years old, I remember feeling like a badass. <laughs> that strength, that physical strength gives women a mental superpower. And I still feel that when I lift, I still love being a strong woman. I'm in my fifties now and I, I want to still be a badass at 50 and beyond. So that motivates me, you know, there, and like, I, we all have days where we don't feel like going, we don't feel like doing it. Um, but the bottom line is if you just get started just say, I'm going to go for five minutes. I'm just going to do a five minute workout, 10 minute workout. It always turns into more. It always yeah. feels good when you're done. Um, you know, that's, I want to be strong. I want to be healthy. I want to be walking around Disney world when I'm 80 years old, um, traveling, doing things, running around with my grandkids and, um, someday, and I can't lift. Well, I can still lift my son. <laughs> He's, 
he's almost 19 and he'll mommy hold me. <laughs> I can still hold him. And that's he's pretty good. Yeah. He is a big boy. <laughs> Jen, what about you? How do you keep going after all this time? Like you were an athlete in college and you've been doing this for years. Like, does it ever get boring or old? Like, how do you keep going? What a uh, loaded question this Hand is. Worms. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Um, I, I think motivation in quotations is a little bit of, a little bit of BS. We hate that I, word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that people are like, Oh, how do you stay motivated? Well, it's not really motivation. It's just right. what I do. Like, it's just like, Hey, today's a Thursday. I'm going to be working out today. You know, like it's not even a question for me because it's just become part of my life and part of sort of who I am is moving my body and exercising and setting these goals for myself. And I think probably what started is motivation early on. And, you know, I've had pockets of, of things that have motivated me to make changes or whatnot, but I think what, what it boils down to is I have a really strong why. Um, my personal why is to, well, personally, I have found a lot of like personal validation and, and personal, um, I'll just leave it at that validation in who I am. And I think, fitness and nutrition. These are ways that we can help people find that within themselves exactly where they are in this moment. And then also I know that within a lot of, within people is a desire to be better and a desire to grow and a desire to be more. So my why is also embedded in that and helping people say, Hey, look where you are right now, you're, you're perfect. Just the way that you are. But Hey, if you've got this goal, if you want to be better, let's like, I'm going to run with you on that. And I think wanting to help people do that also manifest itself in how I train and how I work out. Um, and then at the end of the day, like, I just, I love what Kelly said, the feeling of empowerment that, that getting under a barbell makes me feel. And also how like learning how to manage my body in space is a very, it's a confidence thing yeah. to know that like, Hey, if I happen to hit a patch of ice, I'm, I probably have the stability and core control that I'm not going to like completely wipe out. I mean, certainly I could, but, um, you know, if I've got to lift a bag of dog food into my car, like I got it, no big deal. Any, pretty much anything physically that life is going to throw at me. I know, I know what my body's capable of, and I know that I can handle that. So that's motivating for me. And then I'm, I'm just also kind of a competitive person <laughs> and I really? like, <laughs> yeah, just a little bit, <laughs> but I, I just love the sense of accomplishment and the sense of, Hey, I just got a PR today. For example, yesterday I, I hit a five pound PR in my push jerk, which means I've done a push jerk of weight over my head more than I've ever done in my entire life. And to me, that's, that's like, yeah, it's five pounds, but like, I've never done that weight before ever. Right. So it's the sense of accomplishment that I kind of have gotten hooked on and like, Hey, there's always more. There's always, like you said, as a coach, as a trainer, there's always more we can learn. Well, there's always more weight that we can lift. There's always, <laughs> there's, always you know, there's always new goals. There's always, um, progressions. And, you know, I, to compare it in the world of, of CrossFit, like, um, yeah, so you, you can learn how to do a pull-up and then you can learn how to pull your chest to the bar. And then you can learn how to pull your body over the bar. And then you can learn how to string those movements and do them continuously. And then, hey, then you can do those movements weighted. So there's there's just an unlimited amount of potential that you can learn and that you can teach your body how to do. And like I said, it's just, there's no motivation anymore. It's just what I do. And it's just part of 
part of my day. Your DNA, I feel like, yeah. yeah. I need <laughs> you to teach me the pull-up, Jen. I'm still working on I, those stupid pull-ups. I got you, I got you. <laughs> I love that you said the word confidence in that because that, like, that's for me, that's, that was the, the secret sauce for training. Like I had never felt confidence before in my life. Like I felt when I started doing body pump and I started watching that weight on the bar go up and you know, I, I stopped being the person that was hiding in class to being the person who was like, no, I want to be on the front row as close to the instructor as possible because she's awesome. And maybe some of that will rub off on me. And the confidence that I was getting in the gym started carrying over to my career, because I think a lot, a lot of our clients have said this to us too. You know, it's really easy as a woman in the world to just hide and be quiet and play small and, not put your hands up for big, scary things. And so when you build this confidence in the gym and, you know, like Jen said, you set a PR or you do something you've never done before. You feel like a badass, like Kelly said, that's going to carry over. And when you're in your next board meeting or someone at your office is like, we need someone to give a presentation. We need someone to head up this, this project. I swear to you, you are more likely to put your hand up and say, yeah, I can do that. I don't know how to do that, but I didn't know how to do a pull-up either. And I just did that the other day. So let's freaking go. Like, that's why we do this. That's the feeling we want you guys to have. It's not, it's not just about like how much you can squat or how many, you know, what your body fat percentage is. It's all about like how it makes you feel and how it carries over into everyday life. And like, it is, this is hopefully the theme you're getting from all of us, but training the way that we train has changed all of our lives and made them better. And that's what we want for you. If you're listening to this, that's like, that's the biggest takeaway. So, I mean, that's the end of my sermon. Do you guys have anything else you want to add on this topic? I feel like we could do a three hour, like Joe Rogan length podcast on this. (laughs) (laughs) So much for get to the point. Sorry, we're breaking (laughs) all the rules. (laughs) Yeah, I I had that thought. I looked at the clock. I was like, oh, we're not getting to the point anymore. Oh no. Um, yeah, I I don't think I have too much to add other than, you know, kind of the key themes that I've heard all of us talk about. And that is choose quality over quantity when it comes to training, um, prioritize strength training and more isn't better. Those are just kind of, those are the three things that I preach all the time to everybody who will listen to me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I think that those are the biggest things that, that I would hope that a listener would get from this uh, podcast today. And Jen, where can they find you on Instagram? Because you post all these cool things all the time talking about these, these topics. Hold on. Let me look at my handle here. <laughs> I think it's I'm your name. At, yeah. I'm at Jen to with two N's J E N N underscore Lucas underscore. So those two little underscores J E N N underscore Lucas underscore on uh, Instagram. And if you follow Fatless Lifestyle School on Instagram, you can pretty much find Jen from our feed. Just scroll down and find a picture of her and you can find her account. Kelly, what about you? What's your like final thoughts? Do you have any, uh, you know, philosophies or quotes you want to share and how can people find you? Getting started is half done. If -hmm. you're afraid to do it, if you're, you know, it just, Nike was onto something with just (laughs) do it and it just gets started just take that first step. You will not regret it. Nope. What's your Instagram handle? Capagator, K-A-P-P-A-G-A-T-O-R, Capagator. University of Florida girl, right? Yeah. 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 That's that's from. (laughs) 
Yep. All right, you guys, this has been an awesome hour. I hope everyone listening is now just so fired up to go throw some weights around. And if you don't know how to do that, come find us on Instagram and um, we will get you started on your journey with nutrition and fitness. Thank you so much for listening. Let us know what you thought about today's episode. And if you loved it and you were yelling, amen, and yes, then share it with your friends on social media and tag us. We would love if you shared this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks, Jen and Kelly, for joining me today. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you loved it. Before you go, I want to invite you to come over and join our new group on Facebook called Fat Loss Lifestyle Insiders. This is not your average Facebook group for women. We're not going to be sharing recipes, random workouts, and motivational quotes because I'm pretty sure you have plenty of that in your life. Instead, we're having higher level conversations about how we train, how we fuel our bodies, and why we're doing this whole lifestyle change thing to begin with. Jump over to Facebook, search Fat Loss Lifestyle insiders in the search bar request to join and i will see you there